Alrighty, soccer fans, thanks so much for joining me for tangent number four. I uh, hope these are proving to be a nice, quick recap and preview, just highlighting the stories that I think make each game very interesting, uh, and I hope you're finding them interesting too and enjoying all the great football. Let's review today's games, uh, June 17th, day four. First up, we had Serbia versus Costa Rica. This was one to miss, in my opinion. I was off by one. I expected this to be a scoreless draw, but uh, Alexander Kolarov, a great shooter of the ball, he nets a free kick, and Costa Rica pays for continuing to rely on their defensive side of the game. You know, when a team takes a defensive posture for too long, it means the other team might only have to get things right once to take the three points, and that's what happened here today. Germany versus Mexico, I think this was the perennial uh, big match of the day for everybody, and Mexican fans are happy. I mean, what a win for Mexico. Germany losing their first ever opening match in the World Cup. Keep in mind, though, that uh, Germany was once split into East and West, so 1994 was the first World Cup for a unified Germany. Nevertheless, Mexico came out with so much energy and belief, and they rode that all the way to this upset. A relentless counterattack nabbed them a goal on the earlier side of the game, the 35th minute, which means Germany has to start chasing and work harder to catch up. And at a certain point, I mean, they just started to look exhausted. They just didn't have enough gas in the tank to break through a spirited Mexican side. And when that happens, you start to get the missed punch effect. Uh, like in boxing, it said you lose twice as much energy missing a punch than landing one. And not just physically, but it starts to take a mental toll. And similar things happen in soccer. And you could see it happening with Germany today. By the end of the game, I mean, Mexico was standing tall, had tons of energy, and Germany just looked ragged. Um, just trying to break through. I mean, Mexico had pretty much all their defenders back. And Germany, I mean, they glanced the post. It was close, but at the end of the day... Mexico did just enough to steal these three points. Brazil versus Switzerland. Uh, that was my pick for most interesting match going into today. I thought Switzerland would be a tricky opponent for Brazil, and a 1-1 draw is what we got. Philippe Coutinho netting a top 10 candidate goal. Yesterday I spoke of Neymar's transfer drama. Well, uh, Coutinho had some of his own as well this season. He grew into world-class status with the English club Liverpool. And in 2015, Liverpool hired a very eccentric manager in Jurgen Klopp, um, but a very talented manager. Uh, Mohamed Salah started playing well this year, so it seemed like the pieces started to fall into place for Liverpool to become a resurrected dynasty. And Coutinho was a big part of that. But when Neymar left Barcelona, Barcelona had this void to fill, and Barcelona used that cash to nab Coutinho. I think a lot of us soccer fans thought that the upward trend of magic happening at Liverpool would be enough to sway Coutinho out of a big money move, uh, that he would want to be a part of the resurrection going on at Liverpool, but we were wrong. He transferred mid-season to Barcelona, and he had a solid end to 2018, but some, including me, wonder if it was enough to justify the approximately $188 million total price tag on him. A lot of us wonder what would have happened if he stayed at Liverpool. Maybe they would have won the Champions Cup. They ended up losing in the final to Real Madrid, so we'll always wonder what if. Brazil fans, nevertheless, will be happy to see him score, as Neymar got a lot of attention from the Swiss players. And I think if you get just enough tough tackles on Neymar, avoid too many fouls, you know, so that you don't give up a red card and lose a player, I think you can hold him back. No question he has incredible talent, but he is quite fragile. I mean, I, th I think I've seen his tonsils more than anyone else's because of how many times he goes down with his mouth wide open, quote-unquote, writhing in pain. He's a flopper and very dramatic. He picks up a decent amount of injuries, and I think the Swiss got to him today, and, you know, 
when all was said and done, they nabbed a crucial point. Uh, let's look at the matchups for tomorrow. So first up, we got Sweden versus South Korea. Sweden, um, they only have 73 total goals on the squad, and they're missing Zlatan Ibrahimovic, their former talisman. He retired from the national team with 62 goals in his career. Uh, they're definitely a little light on the goals. Their competition history is not so bright. Uh, they haven't made it out of the Euros group stage since 2004. Uh, they did not qualify for the last two World Cups, and they have not scored a goal in their last three matches against Romania, Denmark, and Peru. Um, not the strongest of teams. They eked into this World Cup via playoff games against Italy. Uh, so what happened was they were tied at the end of uh, World Cup qualifying, and so Italy and Sweden had a playoff and uh, an aggregate score of one to nothing over two games. Uh, so it's clear that Sweden's having a hard time scoring, relying on defense to, to get the job done. South Korea as a team, they tend to raise eyebrows. They on occasion have gotten some surprising results. They finished fourth place, made it to the semifinals in the 2002 World Cup as co-hosts, made it to the round of 16 in South Africa, and they have a couple of players who are quite productive for their club teams, namely Son Young-min, who plays for Tottenham, uh, top team in England's Premier League. He's got 39 goals in all competitions over the last two years for them, which is pretty good. Next up is Belgium versus Panama. Belgium is a very talented team. FIFA has them ranked third in the world, but historically they have not done so well in the competitive European landscape. They did not qualify for World Cups in 2006 and 2010, did make it to the quarterfinals of 2014 in Brazil. Same story in the Euros, did not qualify 2004 to 2012. So that's an eight-year span where they didn't qualify for the European Championships, but they made it to the quarterfinals in 2016 and momentum is dictating this high FIFA ranking. They've gotten better and more exciting each year, especially as players like Eden Hazard and Kevin De Bruyne have matured. They have not lost a match since a 2-0 friendly loss to Spain on September 1st, 2016. Uh, vocab word of the day, I guess, is friendly. A friendly is a match that has no competitive value. It does not contribute towards any cup or tournament. It just gives players experience, gives the fans a game to root for, and it's kind of like a quality check to see how good the players are. And since that loss to Spain, and since that loss to Spain, Belgium have averaged 3.4 goals per game. Panama has a very interesting roster makeup. They have four players over the age of 35 and four players age 22 and lower. So that's eight players that are at the severe ends of the spectrum. And in most of their recent games, they only have one win in their last five matches, uh, that win coming against Trinidad and Tobago. Uh, I think Belgium are pretty heavy favorites here. I think they'll put in quite a few goals against Panama. A lot of Panama's goals come from their older players, and um, I think Belgium is just too much. So I'd maybe tune into this game just to see Belgium uh, score a couple of great goals. Last match of the day, Tunisia versus England. Oh boy, England. England is one of those countries that people associate with the world game. I mean, they are home to the Premier League, the most watched league in the world. Clubs like Manchester United, Chelsea, Arsenal, Liverpool. Interestingly, all England players actually play their club soccer in England. That's kind of rare uh, for most national teams. But um, only 59 total goals across this squad. It's a very surprising for a country that's so rich in soccer history and is such a powerhouse. Uh, their captain is only 24 years old, and it's Harry Kane, their striker, but he's only got 24 caps. In net, their most capped goalkeeper is Jack Butland with eight caps. He's only appeared eight times for England. They are without Wayne Rooney, their record goal scorer, who was only 32 years old, uh, but he retired from international soccer. He was called up for this roster, but he rejected it. Um, England is such an enigma to me 
which is why if I had to root for one team, it would be England. I know I picked Germany to win it all, but England is uh, my kind of who I root for, who I think I most support on a favoritism aspect. Uh, because I think they have so much more potential than they show, and I'm always inclined to root for those teams that struggle and get held back for whatever reason, because uh, I believe one day they will break through, and I guess I love the torture, uh, but it's quite rewarding when you root for a team that underwhelms and doesn't reach their potential, because when they do break through, it's, 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 you get to say, I told you so. <laughs> you would think England might consider themselves a bit lucky to have their opener against Tunisia, not a very strong team, have not been in the World Cup since 2006. However, they've managed some pretty sizable results in the run-up to this World Cup. 1-0 wins against Iran and Costa Rica in March, and this month they've delivered 2-2 draws against Portugal and Turkey, and only losing to Spain by a score of 1-0. So England are set up here to be upset by Tunisia, and history has proven that England, more often than not, find a way to lose rather than find a way to win. This is the one to watch for me. I think if England lose, it would be deemed a monumental loss of epic proportions, and so the pressure is on for them to perform, which could either mean they rise to the occasion and play a great game, or you'll see a huge upset. Um, my call for Group G is that Belgium and England will advance. I think England do have enough young talent to rise to the occasion. A little backtracking is needed as I owe you a call for Group F, which I now realize is a little unfair, sorry about that, uh, since I've seen half the teams play, but uh, those two teams are the favorites, and I think Mexico and Germany will be the ones advancing over Sweden and South Korea. So that's it for my Day 4 report. Um, thank you again for listening, and hope you're learning and following along and enjoying all the awesome goals that are being scored. Look forward to speaking to you again tomorrow, onward and upward, and I'll see you on day five.